do I really need Jesus as my Savior? I mean, why can't I believe that Jesus is my Savior? In this passage that I just read for you earlier in Matthew chapter 1, I think that we see at least four reasons why we can trust that Jesus is a supernatural Savior. First, because he has a supernatural um, conception. He's born of a virgin, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Matthew here does not give the details of Jesus' birth. He gives the details of where Jesus came from, from Matthew's perspective. Underline those words, Mary had been engaged to Joseph. Engaged really is a bit of a misnomer. The Jewish wedding, the Jewish marriage actually took place in three stages. The first stage for them was called engagement. This is when the children were younger and the parents would arrange the marriage. Now, I remember there was a time I thought that was a really bad idea. Now that I have four kids, I think it's not a bad idea at all. But actually, I think the older, the more I see people do arrange, I think there's a sense in which people arrange marriages all the time. See, even in those days, kids, kids had something to say about it. My son, Logan, recently married um, uh, Madison Prisbaki, our creative director here. There's a picture from their wedding. It was a joyful time. Y'all are willing, allowed to say amen or applaud or whatever if you want. I think it was a great, it was a great day. I'm really excited about that. I tried to arrange the marriage. It didn't work. Logan was, some time ago, Logan was um, talking to me, and I said, Logan, you ever consider going out with Madison? He responded with this astonishment. He said, Dad, I wouldn't do that to her. It's like, what do you mean? He says, well, nobody on staff wants to go out with the preachers, you know, the boss's son kind of thing. I was like, oh, come on. So I just kind of left it. Fortunately, Tess Quinn and Tom Pounder were working in the background to arrange a date, and they're encouraging both of them. And so, and so Logan invited Madison out, and now the two are living happily ever after. And I'm so grateful to call her my daughter-in-law, um, Madison Andrews. I don't have to write Prisbaki ever again <laughs> if I have to. Um, they were engaged. Second stage was betrothal. That's the stage they're actually in right now. It's not really engaged. In, in, in their sense, it's the betrothal. Once the two agree to be married, they are betrothed. The betrothal will last about a year. During that betrothal, the couple is known as husband and wife, but they don't live as husband and wife. They, are, they, they don't um, live in the same household together, no sexual relations, but they're, they're legally bound together, and that can only be broken with a legal divorce. Third stage is marriage. After a formal public ceremony and celebration, the couple to be married then would live together. By the way, that's God's best design for us today. Psychology Today says nearly two-thirds of women cohabit at some point, even though for decades the studies have all shown that when you live together before marriage, it increases your chance of divorce. I had heard a number of people say that Logan and Madison's wedding was one of the most joyful weddings they've ever been to. You know, other than my, other than my own wedding, they said the most joyful wedding. Why? Because they love the Lord, they love each other, they did the right things. Jesus saves. Mary and Joseph were betrothed, but they were sexually chaste. 
she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, skeptics have a hard time believing the virgin birth. I don't. Do you have a hard time believing the virgin birth? You don't need to have a hard time. First of all, if you believe Genesis 1-1, this is easy to believe. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, he kind of knows how we're made. I think he can create a child in a womb um, in a woman who's uh, a virgin. Second reason, because human beings can do it today. If doctors know how to artificially inseminate a woman who's never had sexual relations, I'm guessing that a couple of years earlier than that, God figured it out. The third reason is, there's a lot, there are a lot of things in life that I don't understand that I believe. Do you believe in consciousness? What's consciousness? The smartest people in the world can't define consciousness. They say it's a mystery. If you only believe things that you understand completely, not only is that arrogant, but it's unlivable. I don't have a hard time at all believing that Jesus was born of a virgin. He's a superhuman savior. Second, I think that Jesus' birth, we can see, is a supernatural birth because it's announced by an angel. It's announced supernaturally, verse 19. So her husband, Joseph, was being a righteous man was, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. It would take a miracle for Joseph not to divorce Mary. And so God in his grace gave him one. Um, most important, what other decision in life and in history has been more important than this one? Mary, Joseph believed. I want to talk more about angels this week, um, the supernatural nature there. Another reason why we can be confident that Jesus is a superhuman savior, though, is because of supernatural predictions. Verse 22 now this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Emmanuel was Jesus' identity. Jesus was his name. That's a quote of the Old Testament Isaiah, uh, prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 14. Now human beings are not very good at predicting the future. Have you found that to be... I read this past week that in 1909, the New York Times predicted that it would take somewhere between 1 million years and 10 million years for humans to evolve enough to figure out how to fly in something like an airplane. Nine weeks later, in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, the Wright brothers took to flight. They missed it by like a million years to 10 million years. We're not really great at making predictions. In 1986, the New York Times predicted that the Wheel of, that Wheel of Fortune, the game show, would not last very long. Scholars believe that there are more than 300 predictions about Jesus in the Old Testament. And not only were they specific, but some were actually contradictory. For instance, one said that he would be born in Bethlehem. Another said he'd be called a Nazarene. He's from Nazareth. Well, that's clearly a contradiction. Both can't be true, but they were true in Christ. One predicted that he would, be, he would reign on David's throne. Another, that he would be despised and rejected. Old Testament predictions included 
that he would be born of a virgin, he would come out of Egypt, that he would teach parables, that he would be betrayed by a friend, that he would be crucified, his side would be pierced, his bones would not be broken. He would die with the wicked, but be buried with the rich. He would be raised from the dead. Maybe you've heard about Peter Stoner, the mathematics chair at Pasadena College, who calculated the possibility of just eight of those predictions coming true in one person is you take one ticket and you mark it and put it in a hat with 10 tickets and pick it out. That's one in 10. You have a one in 10 chance of picking out the right ticket. The chance of just eight of these predictions coming true in one man is 10, one in 10 to the 17th power, 17 zeros behind it. He said that's like covering the state of Texas with silver dollars two feet deep, blindfolding somebody, saying you can drive anywhere you want in, in Texas and pick up one silver dollar and that's the silver dollar that's marked. That's the likelihood of all of these predictions coming true, of eight of these predictions coming true in one minute. There are over 300 predictions about you. You say, so you say there's a chance. No, no, it's a mathematical impossibility. Some say, well, they, skeptics used to say, well, it's because they're not really predictions. Those things were written in there after Jesus lived. Um, which really is a, uh, not a very uh, reasonable argument in the first place, but it was put to bed in 1946 when that shepherd boy in Qumran by the Dead Sea was looking for a, 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 one of his sheep and he threw a rock in the cave and he heard the cracking of, he heard the cracking of uh, pottery and they discovered actually for the next couple of years and I think even recently they've discovered more. For the last, from 46 to 48, um, they discovered these scrolls called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in those Dead Sea Scrolls they found, you know what they found? They found all these predictions about Jesus, that he'd be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be crucified, that he, his side would be pierced, that he would be raised from the dead. No human being can perfectly predict the future 100% of the time, but God can and God did and fulfill prophecy, remind us that Jesus is a superhuman savior. His name is a powerful name as well. Verse 21, you want to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus was an ordinary name in those days, kind of like Jim or John is today, but it was no ordinary name. At the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, the blind have been made to see, the lame to walk. In the name of Jesus, just this, the past two weeks, I've heard of accounts. In the name of Jesus, demons leave. People are set free. The Bible tells us, for this reason, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus is a powerful name. You say, Jesus saves. What does that mean for you today? It's a powerful name because he's a superhuman savior.